This podcast is sponsored by JList.com. On JList.com, you can shop from a constantly evolving catalog of anime merchandise such as toys and books, Japanese snacks, anime computer games, and so much more. Support this podcast and visit JList.com for all your anime shopping needs. Maybe not phrased quite as ignorantly as that, but kind of the, you know, hushed whisper lean in, like, is it true that you can just get girls' panties in vending machines? the song Kyome no True Force from the anime Tsurei Tsukai no Blade Dance by the artist Hitomi Harada. This is episode 242 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast where our sole mission is to make your anime addiction worse. Nice delivery. I am Chiaki and I am joined by the ever capable co-hosts Mitsugi and Kram. Say hello boys. What up everybody? Yeah, this is Mitsugi, sitting here enjoying some uh, some iced coffee and some very bad anime music. Let yeah. me get rid of this music. I just don't care for this one. This one's average. I give it an average say, score. It's say, not my jam. Say bye-bye, Cram. What's up? Cram's <laughs> toning out the song so far that he's just like, I, I don't even know what's going I, on. I can't actually hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll agree with you. It's good or bad or whatever it is you're saying it is. You know what? In this case, that's a blessing for you. Just agree oh, okay. with us. All right. You can find us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes, Facebook, Ustream, where we broadcast live on Saturday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you, all of you who are with us on the live stream. It's great to have you, and you make our show that much better. We have a five-star review submitted by Heyman1313. Who would like to read this? Graham, why don't you go ahead and read it? All right. This person writes i have been a fan of the triple a podcast for a year and a half now and not once have they disappointed they post to stitcher which is my preferred place to listen and always deliver content that is both accessible to new anime fans and offers deep commentary that the old guard enjoy this is one of the few podcasts where i feel like all of the hosts are equally competent and i don't feel like there's anyone either dragging the show down or pulling it along on their own keep up the high quality show and my bus rides in college will be that much less boring p.s 
is Chiaki single? I'm just asking for a friend, you know. <laughs> yeah, for right. For a friend? Well, Chiaki. Oh, I a lady never kisses and tells. How can I how can I have my escapades have trust in me if I'm just going to say everything? Would she be broadcasting in that low-cut top if she was <laughs> with somebody? I don't know. Seems a little risque. By the way, I like this dress. Thank you very much. By the way, isn't that like the woman's stock answer when she doesn't want to answer a question? A woman never kisses and tells. He classy wit ladies. Classy ladies. Okay. Classy ladies. All right. I guess you're not a classy lady, Mitsugi. So yeah, you I'm can, a classy lady. Graham <laughs> is. He gets it. He's if, a classy lady. Hey man, if you would like more information about Chiaki, feel you can feel free to harass her on Facebook. It or Skype. Be, it wouldn't be the first time, or the second time, or the third time, <laughs> or the fourth time. Or I give out my Skype and email like every podcast. So anyway, <laughs> new forum members. Yeah, let's continue. Welcome to the forum, Kaisei Sakimichi-san and Soft Cream Sensei. And I did get an email submission that someone says that we may have missed their name all the way back from July, and it's Golfing Goku. So if we missed Golfing your name, Goku, Golfing Goku. I don't know. That was the name submitted. Wow. So I'm just, I'm sorry if we missed it. That's quite a, I can't believe I'd, I'd miss a forum name like that. Yeah, uh, I know. You know what? I'm going to go with Golf and Goku for the week. I think that's mine. Well, you took the best one. I'll take Soft Cream Sensei because. You would. <laughs> because, anyways. Because I like cream. <laughs> Graham, help us here. Help us out here. Uh, I guess I got to take the Kaisei Sakamichi something or another. That's fine, I guess. Okay. I, I like I like that Sakamichi no Apodon show, so. I, and, and I like Sakamichi from Yoa Pedal. So uh, the trivia question was pretty tough this week, actually. You asked me to make it tough. I, I looked at the picture and I was like, nope, don't know it. Not even close. Well, the answer was Magical Girl Minky Momo. Okay, let's just stop to appreciate that title for a moment. <laughs> Magical Maho Shoujo Minky Momo. What the hell is a Minky Momo? Minky Momo. I, we all know that Momo means peach, as in Momo Kun Sword, which we just failed. Best anime ever. But what the hell? This is sounds it? like a really old show. How old was this show? Uh, I think it was back in like the 60s or earlier. I don't know. It was, it in was color. old. It was in color. And uh, but what the hell is a Minky? It sounds like a binky, you it's, know, like it a sounds like It sounds like one of the ghosts from uh, Pac-Man is what it sounds like. That's right. Yeah. Those who got it right were Shikakage, Kuroro Mind, Baka Ichigo, Full Metal Girl 21, Icy Rose, Astrophysics, Is No Try, Opai for Senpai, and Shakespeare. And the winner was none other than Icy Rose. Yay! So our theme continues this week, Magical Girls. Yeah, I actually knew the new question. It didn't seem quite oh, as tough you? as the other ones. Well, so. you know. Yeah, we'll see. So we have finished the listener choice poll for the summer of 2014. So everybody is probably wondering what the what what the ninth anime will be that we'll cover for the for the summer season. And I will say that we had around 350 total votes for the poll. So it's not like we're working with a small sample size here. And I was pretty surprised by the by the overwhelming majority of votes that went to the top three anime that were selected. So the top three anime made up over, let's see, almost 70% of the total votes went to just three shows. 
and that poll had something like 45 or 50 anime to choose from. And which just goes to show you that pretty much 80 I'm going to say 80% of the anime from the summer are just total throwaway shows. I don't know. That's how I feel about it. I agree. Anyway, so shows like Momokun Sword didn't get, you know, didn't even get a thought. So, Thank God. Thank so, God that you guys showed sense in your voting. So with 19% of the total vote, Sword Art Online 2 was came in third place. So for those of you that voted for Sword Art Online, sorry. It, it put up a good fight. 19% is pretty nice. With uh, in second place on the poll with 21%, Akame Got Kill came in second. So that's Aww. pretty good. 21%. It was close, bad. though, yeah, between it, it was, second and first. It was pretty close, yeah. So, and f- in first place with 24%, uh, Tokyo Ghoul won the user choice poll. So so we will now be watching Tokyo Ghoul. I think it was pretty much expected. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, cram. I'm sorry, but I'm not surprised. After the rage when you didn't pass it, I mean. I'm waiting for Blu-ray. I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm waiting for Blu-ray when it's watchable. You when would it's spend. Watchable. You would spend a hundred dollars in Japan, or actually, it'd be probably even more than a hundred dollars. You would spend that money to watch a show that you already failed. I'll go to Tsutaya. I'll just uh, rent it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rental shops still exist in Japan and are Amazing. actually really popular. Still, yes, they are. In any case, we also have another fun thing to share. Now, this will be less. Cram will appreciate this less because he's still yeah, in Japan. For sure. But for me, it was really exciting. We got our JList.com snack subscription. So right. for anyone who has missed it, the snack subscription, it's $30 a month, right? 26. 26. Okay. So it's $26 a month and they send you a package with a variety of snacks from Japan and you can't choose what snacks are in, in it. It's kind of, you know, a random grab bag, but I was I was pleasantly surprised. I kind of expected not to like the snacks that they sent, you know, or at least have one that I was like, mm, I don't know. Actually, the prices but vary depending on how many months you buy. Oh, okay. So it goes down. It's $30 for one month, and it goes down. Okay, well, there. that's cool. So you can get just one month. But we have a snack subscription, and we got yeah. all kinds of fun stuff. You liked these, Mitsugi. Yeah, I They're did. little tablet They're things. They're like, um, like like electrolyte things for athletes. Anyway, so, yeah, so I was talking to I was talking to, uh, to Peter, Peter Payne, and about this promotional thing that they do. And it's pretty cool. I mean, they, they hand-select... Um, goodies and candies and treats from Japan that are very, that are seasonal. So there's things that you know, exist in Japan and people are buying in the summer that they aren't buying in the winter. And so they say August is the time when Japan celebrates the seasons with massive fireworks festivals, dancing, drinking, and eating festival foods. So for August, J-List wanted to bring a little bit of the same flavors in its snack subscription for its members. And so we've got things like the... Uh, the Lotte Topo Summer Pineapple, which is like, um, they're kind of like Pocky. Have you had? Have you ever had Topo uh, Cram? Uh, I yes, I have. You know, what I'm talking not, about not a bunch of them. I don't like them. I don't like them all that much. But Topo are like they're the ones that's like the opposite of if you turned po- uh, Pocky inside out. That's what Topo would be, right? So instead of like a bread stick covered in something, it's like a hollow bread thing with stuff inside. Yeah. So yeah. th- this one has inside of it, it has um, pineapple filling, which I'm going to just, why don't you just have one of those, Chiaki? Yeah. keep talking. And um, we had 
It came with like crunchy edamame bean, uh, like potato chip things. It came with some curry rice cakes, osembe, that osembe. may or may not have been taken to Chiaki's work and never came back. Yeah. Morina, um, yaki choco cookies and cream. So there's like all these different types of like candies that it came with. Um, tab- I, I already talked about the tablets for the sports, for people that do sports. They had uh, two different ramen flavored candies, which kind of makes sense. I guess uh, damune is uh, some, something you would drink in the summer. So they had damune flavored gum and damune flavored uh, cookies, which are right here on the table. And I had one already, and they taste exactly like Trick cereal, which I thought was kind of weird. I'm going to have one right now. But, you um, know what I love about Japanese snacks? What? So these are Namune flavored, and Namune is blue. Right. And if it was America, they would have added a ton of food coloring to right. this little cake yeah, to make it course. like a bright blue. Right. But this is not. There's hardly any color to it at yeah. all, and I appreciate that. Do you guys know? You guys know those little cookies that have? They're like wafer cookies, and they have like five layers. It has like wafer, then cream, then wafer, then cream, and it has the little crisp checkers on it. Well, this is, it's like those that are cut into little pieces. Oh and my it, God, it does taste like tricks. Doesn't it? Anyway, so, I mean, I think I think all in all, the package came with 10 different uh, Japanese snacks that you would be able to buy in a convenience store or a, gr- or a grocery mart. I, I've seen most of these already because, you know, from living in Japan. And um, I don't know, as a for, for an anime fan living in a foreign country that just wants to experience Japanese foods, it doesn't seem like a, like a bad value for something that's coming from, from all the way across the world and you're... It's probably, you know, it's a pretty good selection that they handpick. So, addicted hero in the chat is commenting how we try expen- experimental food for their sake. I will promise everyone here and now, if you get something to me, I will put it in my mouth. Yeah, here's some mango flavored caramel. What? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? Anyway, so uh, so yeah, I like food a lot. You can either Google J List snack subscription, or you can go to jlist.com forward slash product forward slash forward slash snack sub one i honestly think it's a pretty nifty thing even if you just buy even if you just did it for one month you'll at least get to see what people in japan are eating during like a during a given time of during the year so actually i'm not gonna eat one of the caramels because i suck on caramel and you don't want that floating around in my mouth for the next 20 minutes while i'm talking about yeah so while so while chianki's gonna suck we're gonna do the mailbags oh my god it's time for an almighty anime mailbag Anime. 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 M -m -m Mailbag. Bag, bag, bag. If you would like to submit a mailbag, you can go to our main page, aaapodcast.com, and click the tab called Mailbag. You actually modified the mailbag button, didn't you? I did. I used Google Forms, so now it goes right into a Google Doc, so you don't have to worry about it getting lost in Chiaki's inbox. So, So, sorry, when you submit submit a mailbag, it no longer goes into Chiaki's inbox. It doesn't go right to my inbox. It goes into Google Docs. But you know what still, I think, goes right to my inbox? I think the contact form does. Oh. So, you can still... You can still find your way into my inbox oh if you want. Enough with the oh my god, this episode is so sexually charged. What is wrong <laughs> with you guys? Thinking about that one. This is all. This is all Chiaki. Ta- talking about putting all sorts of manner of evil in your mouth and sucking on stuff and this is all Chiaki. people needing directions into your inbox. This is all Chiaki because as a as a man on the internet, no one's interested in me. Anyway, so I'm gonna read this I question. Even think about that one. That one was totally silence, okay. woman. Okay, Sorry. so this mailbag comes from Carl. A couple of episodes back, Chiaki declared herself as the Archangel of Moe, and we all know that, Mo- that Mitsugi is the Pope of the Church of Mitsugi. 
I was wondering what Cram's stance on this topic was. What is your stance on this topic, Cram? Um, I'm an atheist. Can I can I do that? Oh, oh, wait, wait. Can I be the uh, animatheist? How about oh, that? Oh snap! Oh crap! You just invented something. Okay, right, so, so we have the the Pope, the Archangel, and the animatheist. That's right. Nice. So I'm I'm the skeptic. So you're ambivalent. You don't really play the game. Right. Well, I, I don't play the game, but when I do, I, I I denounce the church and and the Moe Archangel equally. Well, when the Moe comes for you, even though you have denounced the church, we will still provide you sanctuary. Just so you know. All right. Well, I appreciate that. But for the time being, I'm going to give you the finger <laughs> and walk away. <laughs> I'm fine with you being the animatheist. As long as you're not hurting my, my Moe children that I'm trying to, to bring forth. Oh, no. That's I'm cool. not an extremist. Yeah. Okay. I just, That's cool. I just, don't, I just don't believe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I hope that you'll respect my beliefs or lack thereof. Anyway, <laughs> so who would like to read the next mailbag? Do you think you can read this mailbag, Chucky, without having sexual innuendos? I really wasn't trying to. I'm just, I want to make that clear. I want to put you that out there. You come in here wearing this boob dress. <laughs> it's just a dress. First, you're joking about putting things in your mouth. Okay, you're talking about your little. inbox. That one was totally unintentional. Oh, good Lord. Just read the mailbag. This one comes from Bruce Cable. With so many anime titles being released in any given year, how often do you all pass on an anime thinking it is not your cup of tea and then you end up realizing that you enjoyed it a lot more than you thought you would? Could you give any examples of this happening to you? As always, it is a real pleasure listening to your podcast and please keep making my anime addiction worse. What do you think, Cram? Um, I I very rarely pass on things that I have to go back and watch, and when I do, I'm never more impressed than I thought I would be. I think the last thing that that we did that with was uh was Witchcraft Works. I failed Witchcraft Works, and then we ended up having to review it because it was a listener's choice, and I I wasn't all that impressed with it. So I I kind of uh, felt like standing by my original uh, failing of that show was is something I I wish I could have done, but. Um, as for shows that surprised me with how good they were, uh, despite my problems with it, I think Wake Up Girls was actually a pretty good show uh, and kind of uh, excelled beyond like what, what one might think a show like that would. Um, but yeah, in recent memory, I would say Wake Up Girls probably. For oh. me, it's Go Sick. I yeah. go back to that one. That was one that I expected to be very just kind of, eh. I didn't expect it to suck, but I just kind of expected it to be, eh. And... And I really, really enjoyed that one. And I still think about how much I really enjoy it. Unfortunately, when I'm looking at the trailer pictures or watching a trailer for an anime, but you know, when we're when we're making our selections, I would say 95% of the time the anime is exactly what I think it is based on the description, the trailer, and the picture. And I'm not really all that surprised very often. For example, I think we all knew Tokyo Ghoul was going to be a dark anime with lots of violence. And when and when there's a show with with massive boob girls and cat girls running around and stuff. You know exactly you know what that show is going to be. So I would say that I'm I am not surprised by the quality of an anime all that often. It doesn't happen very often and it's so this is kind of a difficult question to answer, but going back into my memory, I enjoyed Hanasaku Iroha a lot more than I thought I would. I think that was the PA Works anime that came out like 3 or 4 years ago that was about the hot spring or the 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 bathhouse, whatever the hell it was that the girl went to work at, it, it, quite good. 
And actually, Recorder Torando Seru, that like four-minute episode comedy, I got, oh. some, I got some fairly good laughs out of that show. I figured it was going to be a piece of crap, and it ended up being pretty funny. But, yeah, I mean, anime doesn't really... I feel like animes are meant for different groups of people, and in fi- and so that people can find those shows easily, they make the anime really easy to, to, to identify as being either in bucket A or bucket B or bucket C. And so, I don't know. I'm not that surprised too often. Or box A, box B, box C, if you're watching Gekkan Shoujo Nozaki-kun and you're up to date. That was a joke for all of you who are watching it with me. Okay, so. <laughs> so we have one more question. Whose turn is it? I think it's Cram's turn, isn't it? Sure. I will, uh, I'll read this message from Winston Jen. And Winston Jen writes, may I please be on your show? I'll <laughs> even wear a sign that says, peg me. Peg me? What does that mean? Is that like I'm a kick? Sure. Is that like kick me? Is that like hug me? Hug me? Is that, is that, is that like a kick me sign from like a different culture? Is this person know. from like Europe? Maybe like Maybe? peg me with something. Um, I wrote, this is, this was the response I wrote on the document. Uh, ellipses, qualifications, question mark. Are you hot? What is with you tonight? <laughs> Gosh. That is something. Are you in heat? <laughs> is the Moe Archangel going to heat like a like a dog or a cat or something? I can't believe oh you asked God. that. I can't believe that came out of your mouth. <laughs> Why? That's gross. Wow. Anyway. All I can think of is Cram's cat when she's in heat, and that is a sad, sad creature. Oh, it is so sad. Oh, she hasn't done it in a while, though. That's, That's good. good. Okay. I don't know. If you were like a writer for a magazine, or if you were had your own anime podcast, or if you, you know, if you had some connection to the industry, maybe that'd be cool. But if we if we just let people, random people come on, uh, you know what? Actually, we have been having callers once We're, in a we've while. We've been having more callers than we used to. So, but if but if one person comes on just for the hell of it, then everybody has to be able to come on, and then things get complicated. So, I don't know about all that. All right. Well, we're going to take a short anime news break. I'm going to try to get myself under control. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about Japan. Get it right. And all of the most common misconceptions we run into when talking to people about Japan. There's a lot of them. And then we're going to have a review on Mushishi Zokusho. So during the news break, we have a poll. How do you primarily consume your anime? I stream online. I pay for a subscription, Hulu Plus, Netflix, Crunchyroll, etc. I purchase my DVDs, or I watch anime as it airs on TV, either Japanese or foreign TV. So how do you get your anime? And stay tuned. Hey everyone, this is Chiaki, and this is your Anime News Break. First up, for those of you who enjoy the bomb-threat-inspiring anime, Kuroko no Basuke, and may may or may not be keeping up with the manga, Sheisha's Weekly Shonen Jump has recently announced that the 30th compiled volume of Kuroko no Basuke manga will be the last. However, the magazine has given people hope, who are fans of Tadatoshi Fujimaki's work that a miracle, quote-unquote, will occur in Sheisha's Jump Next magazine coming in December. 
So everyone is looking forward to Fujimaki's next work. In other news, the Oscars Academy is recognizing Hayao Miyazaki again and about time. They've recently voted to award Miyazaki an honorary award at the Academy's 6th Annual Governor's Awards this coming November. They celebrate lifetime achievements of members of the film industry and the Oscar statuette of an honorary award is given to, and I quote, to honor extraordinary distinction in lifetime achievement, exceptional contributions to the state of motion picture arts and sciences, or for outstanding service to the Academy. Well, I doubt Miyazaki has the last one, but he definitely has the first part of that. In other news, if you're a fan of Attack on Titan, and I really mean fan, Good Smile Company has a figure designed especially for you. It's a 19-inch statue of the colossal Titan, and it's going to be coming out March 2015 with a limited run of just 500 figures. Now, the reason why I say you have to be a super fan if you're hounding after this almost 20-inch statue is because the Good Smile price is 64,815 yen plus tax, which is about $625 after tax, it's close to $675. Now, the statue is gorgeous and you can find pictures online, but I don't quite know if the price is justified or not. And finally, if you're a fan of Outlaw Star, director Mitsuru Hongo will be directing a new television anime that's an adaptation of Daisuke Ahihara's World Trigger anime. It'll be produced by Toei Animation with series composition by Hiroyuki Yoshino, who did Macross Frontier and Dance in the Vampire Boot. And there are a lot of other people involved on the staff, but if you're going to just wait and hold out to see what this anime brings, it will premiere on October 5th. This was Shiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. Story time with Chiaki. I was on a train in Korea once with one of my friends, and um, I get an itch in my nose, and I kind of, you know, rub my nose or whatever, and then I sneeze, and blood just goes everywhere, and we're in between stops, and I'm having, I'm holding my hands over my nose, and there's just blood dripping from my hands. What the it's hell? It's like you one of the worst nosebleeds I've ever shouldn't had. Shouldn't pick your nose so hard. And then it's like when we get to the stop, and we run out to the bathroom, and I like run in the bathroom, and there's blood all over me, and like all of the girls in the bathroom like flee, and I, I open up my hand, and it's like a pool of blood in the sink. And that well, story wasn't funny at all. It was awful. Nobody will ever want to ride next to Chiaki on the train again. I always have a good story somewhere in me. Back to the show. And we're back with some jazzy music in the yeah, background. Yeah, pretty nice. So how do our listeners primarily consume their anime, Mitsugi? According to the poll, 58% of our listeners pay for a subscription. Good for you. You guys are listening to us. And 39% stream online. And I'm not surprised. <laughs> Actually, I'm surprised that, that it wasn't... I figured the results of that poll would be kind of reversed. Hmm. But well, whatever. You know, it's good. It's good. So we're going to be talking about misconceptions in from Japan. And we all kind of have a perspective for this because, of course, as most of you know, Mitsugi and I have recently in the past six months moved back from Japan. So Never moved back completely. 
Yeah. In my heart, in my soul, I am still longing for the onsen every day. <laughs> in fact, I had a dream the other day that I was at the onsen. Did you really get naked with your closest friends? It was awesome. But being butt naked with all kinds of Japanese old men in the sauna. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Watching really bad cooking shows that are in Japanese, and I can only understand 30% of what they're saying. But I yep. think since we've been back, we've noticed a string of questions that we've started to get on repeat from a number of people yeah. that are just the kind of questions that make us go, really? Massive, That's... massive ignorance. Ignorance is strong. I like the word misconception. Uh, that's, that's there's ignorance. Okay. It's the same thing. And of course, Cram, you've been there, what, four years now? Three years? Yeah, just, just hit my four-year anniversary about 10 or 11 days ago. Wow. So, I mean, you've been there forever. So even it, though you haven't moved back to the States, you've had plenty of time for your friends and family to, you know, send you Facebook questions or on sure, your visits ask, home. ask all sorts of dumb shit. <laughs> Did you, for, for your four-year anniversary, did you buy a really generic white Japanese cake? No, no, I, I don't even know what I did. I think it was a couple of days after that I was like, oh, my God, I've been here four years. That's crazy. Did you have a I burr? I didn't even think about it. What's that? Did you have a burr? Uh, yeah, probably. I, I usually do if it's, uh, you know, a day that ends in Y. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A day that ends in Y. So... I think this is just kind of going to be, I don't think we need to take an order. We can just kind of freeform this okay. discussion. So I'll just get it started. So this is gonna, this is sort of like a half informational topic about Japan, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, for example, the other day at work, I was asked, I had a picture of myself in front of the Gundam statue in, in, uh, in Odaiba, the giant Gundam. And they were like, is that a Transformer? <laughs> and I was like, no, it's a Gundam. And they're like, oh... What's a Gundam? So I explained it to them, and then the guy was like, "Some guy just turns he f- turns around in his little in his little rolly chair at his desk, and he looks at me and he goes, so did you buy any panties and vending machines while you were over there?'" <laughs> I've gotten that one a lot. Maybe maybe not phrased quite as ignorantly as that, but kind of the you know hushed whisper, lean in, like, "Is it true that you can just get girls' panties and vending machines, and you have to Actually, do the?" Actually, if you if you just walk up to a Japanese girl, and on the street you just ask them and they'll just take the panties off and give them to you. You tried that? No. <laughs> Actually, that work out that work that work out for you needs to get. But just now, I did try one of these ramune flavored cracker cookies. Not only do they taste like Trick cereal, but they have carbonation in them. It's it's popping a little bit in my mouth like Pop Rocks. Interesting. So panties and vending machines don't exist. You you'll find maybe one out. Maybe I shouldn't say they don't exist, but they're in locations yeah. that are intended for a specific purpose, like a girls' restroom. Or I I have seen them in girls' restrooms before. I just that, said that. No, I was confirming because I, I mean, unless you go into girls' restrooms all very the time, often. Okay. all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, I have seen them in in girls' restrooms for emergencies, and I have seen. Normally, my response to this question when I get it is, yes, I have seen a panty vending machine, but it is in the basement of the basement of a porn store in a corner hidden because I don't think they're technically legal. Didn't I hear that once? Well, in in Akihabara, there is a specific porn shop on the main strip that on the fourth floor, on the far left side of the building up against the wall, there is an aisle of of used women's panties that you can purchase. 
That's true. And uh, strangely, women aren't allowed on that floor. That's true. Cram, were you and I there together? I think we were. Man, that's bonding right there. I think we I think we've been there together at least once. I'm pretty sure I've been on that floor before because I'm a foreigner and I don't give a mm. I can't understand why the women aren't allowed on that floor. I just don't get it. I'm not sure. I just don't get it. It offends our female sensibilities. I don't know. Because because Japanese porn stores don't want you to believe that women have sex drives. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. But um following up on that question, I've gotten the question before of the um if I have been groped on trains or if I was sexually harassed on trains. Have you been, did someone touch you? Did they touch your vagine? <laughs> Cheeky. Come on, Cram, do it. Cheeky, did they touch your vagine? I can't do it. <laughs> do it. I'm not, I, can't, I can't. Do it, Cram. Cheeky, did, did they touch your vagine? <laughs> did they touch your vagine, Cheeky? Yay. No, they didn't touch my vagine. <laughs> Oh but um, and I am now making a note to create a drop from that soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it sparks the conversation of of yes, there is a problem with groping on trains. But then I always kind of bring it back to just as there's a problem with domestic abuse in the states, you know, or any other a, a score of other sexual crimes that happen. So. And the answer is is no. I've never been groped on a train. I almost kind of wish I was groped so I could have been a foreigner about it and really been awful. But that's probably why I wasn't groped. But let's be clear about this. Like it's like the, the train groping does exist in Japan, and they do have women only train cars on trains in Japan for that reason. But there's also there are also gr- women and girls who abuse the fact that it's a very biased situation and so i've heard of instances where girls will basically walk up to a guy on a train and say if you don't get off the train with me and we go straight to an atm and you give me five hundred dollars i'm gonna i'm gonna scream that you grope me and take you to the police really i've heard unfortunately that, that does happen yes mm. and, and and because it's and because no one's gonna believe the man ever because there's such a history of that happening in japan it's a really difficult situation for the for the guy that's being caught and of course the girl probably has two or three men with her on the train somewhere that are backing her up you know now i i will say though on the trains before on rush hour there have been times that i've been packed in so tight that someone could have been touching something and I'm unless sure i plenty of men that saw that. your hand or their hand there's no way i would have known it's like sardines but yeah it's a sad situation but i mean every Society has its problems. Yeah. And that's kind of normally what I try to stress to people is that, yes, it's a problem in Japan, but it's not like you get on a train and it's like, welcome to a Japanese train. Here's your groping for the day. Yeah. I mean, like that may not happen to you ever being in Japan, especially not as a foreigner. But, you know, America has has a a multitude of problems that are much more severe than train groping. So anyway, interesting. That's an interesting one. though. I appreciate that. That was good. Yeah. What about you, cool. Graham? Um, well, the, the first thing on, on my little list that I've come up with uh, is a question about whether or not dolphin and whale meat is, is very common. I, I hear that a lot. Um, and now this, this has basically come about because in the last, especially in the last few years, the, the debate about whether or not whaling is morally a good thing to do. Um, and, and, you know, the Japanese still practice that and, and whether or not they're doing it for scientific purposes, which seems to be the reason most of the time, or at least the excuse for why they're doing it. Whale meat does appear 
you know, in food markets and stuff like that. So people are eating whale. I have eaten whale before. I've eaten it prepared, um, uh, cooked. Uh, it was called whale bacon then. And I've also had it raw. Um, I've only had it raw. I've never had it cooked. The taste of whale is pretty good. Like it's, it's certainly not bad or mild. Um, it's very mild. It's kind of pork like, I would say it's all right. Cram, cram. Let's just, let's cut the shit. It's good. I, it is good. I describe <laughs> it as if a cow and a fish had a baby. It's like the kind of texture of fish meat where it's that really soft and, and buttery texture, but it's not fishy. It's meaty, like and, and, animal meat. And BCOM33 in the chat says, bacon of the sea. <laughs> and <laughs> I, have, I have a story that goes with this that I tell people tell your story. when I'm being culturally I'm gonna insensitive. Have another one I've of probably these. said it on the show I'm before. Gonna, but I'm going to have another one of these ramen-flavored cookies. When I, when I ate whale, I was with some of my Japanese friends, and I can't remember if you were there or not, Cram. But I might have been. You, you probably were. But I'm eating the whale, and I went, oh, my God. This is so good. And without missing a beat, one of my Japanese friends, who her English is obviously very good. Not perfect, but very, very good. And she looks at me, and she goes, yeah, now you know why we killed them all. <laughs> and I was just <laughs> like, <laughs> I appreciate that sarcasm. Yeah, Whale meat and dolphin meat, especially dolphin meat, is not terribly common in Japan. It yes, really you isn't. can you can find it, but it's like it like even to them it's the it's the equivalent of like an exotic meat like, you know, antelope or, you know, alligator or frog leg or frog bison, legs or something like that. Bison, something, stuff yeah. like that. Um but just like that, I mean, you can also get like raw horse meat and things. So, you know, they do have some of those exotic meats. But, you know, there is kind of a very, very long history of eating anything and everything that comes out of the ocean. And that includes, you know, the mammals of the ocean, whales and dolphins. Um, I've never I never had dolphin. But, you know, the, this concept that the Japanese are always eating whales and dolphins is is just not true. It's not a, it's not common at all. Yeah. Um, uh, it's something that does happen, but certainly not an every day or every week. Maybe once a year, if that kind of thing. It's kind of like how the horse thing. Y- yes, yeah. you can get it. You can eat it in Japan and China and Korea. But it's not like people are just sitting at home going, what do you want for dinner tonight? Oh, I think let's get some horse. Yeah, let's get some horse. It's yeah, nothing like that. Nothing if like I that. was to tell my like my coworkers that, oh, I'm going to prepare some whale steaks tonight, they'd be like, whale steaks for real? What are you talking about? Why like, do you not... have those? Yeah, where did you get that? Are you a murderer? <laughs> did you murder? A, did you murder someone to get those whale steaks? That actually is another thing, though, that I get asked a lot. Because whales are people. And it's it's one of those questions that it's either phrased as a statement or a question, and it's. I'm talking about Japan and someone either will be like, did you eat fish every day? Or like, I couldn't live there. I don't like fish enough to live in Japan. And I'm just like, actually, in the modern Japanese diet, they don't eat that much fish. Did you know that, did, did you know that chicken and, and, and pigs and cows, they don't exist in Japan. They're just not there. Sorry, Cram. All that, that stuff that you've been eating that you thought was chicken was actually nope. chicken. It's all just... It's all just fish. It's all it's just not. fish. Pork chops of the sea. Anyway, so um, okay, so the uh, one of, one of the other questions I get about Japan that people and this this is actually a lot more frequent than like the panties and vending machine thing. The panties the panties and vending machine is a question I'll get from young people. This is a question that I'll get from from older people or from people that are a little bit you know even even 
even less knowledgeable about the country, I think, and that is that people think that Japan is this crazy high-tech place, like Jetsons shit's going on over there. Because Japan has a lot of native electronics firms like Sony and Hitachi and Panasonic and a couple other firms that that back in the 90s and 80s and 90s generated a lot of the technology that we were using. I mean, nowadays you get like, there's all kinds of Korean companies and Chinese and American and whatever, but people think Japan is this place where people walk on like moving floor walkways on the sidewalk and everyone's driving like spaceship cars and robots are everywhere and it's just like this crazy ass place. And I'm here to tell you that Japan is surprisingly low tech. Yeah, they make the technology and send it to everybody else and they're like, no, we're good with our fax machines. Now, yep. my opinion on this, and Cram, you can either agree or disagree, but I think Japan intentionally does not use a lot of this technology because they like to try to protect the rusticness of their own society, of their own culture, of their own I, their cultural identity. I, I think it's it's certainly that, and I think you, you're also pointing to you know conservatism that comes with an aging population, and uh, you know this all goes back to one of those those social problems that often comes up when talking about Japan. It's the the declining birth rate. Yep. And, you know, as medical technology gets better and better, people are living longer and longer. And in Japan, there's this issue where people aren't having babies anymore. So I think it's something like, uh, what, what, it was some crazy number. It's like over 30 or 40% of Jap Japan's population is over the age of 60. That's I, crazy. I can look that up for you. But it, it, it's, it's just a ridiculous number and it's getting worse and worse all the time. And I think like with that comes a mentality of, you know, appreciation of the old school or not wanting to change. It's, you know, the concept of that, that kind of goes hand in hand with conservatism, I think. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that the, there's a concept of doing things by hand in Japan that they really don't want to lose. Um, they have this culture of using something called a, a, a hanko. Which, yes. is a, which is a stamp that represents your signature, basically. It's as good as your signature, but if your honko is stolen or anything like that and it's used on any kind of document, then it counts as your legal signature no matter who used it. <laughs> and, <laughs> only, you know, but it's a weird thing. I, only if it's a registered honko. Right, if, only if it's registered. You have to register it. But, I mean, foreigners don't really do that. <laughs> I have a hunko. It's not registered. But, you know, the people delivering stuff from Amazon don't know the difference. Yeah, exactly. This, this according to nationmaster.com, Japan, 25% of Japan's population is older than 65. That's the second, that's, that ranks second in the world. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, I think, I think that goes hand in hand with this, uh, you know, the idea that Japan, yeah, it's a, we think of it as the land of technologies because so many technological innovations have come from Japan, medical innovations as well. Uh, but they don't really implement them in interesting ways. Like we have high-speed trains and things like that, and we have cool toilets. But, you know, the houses are still poorly insulated and don't have central heat and air. And, yeah. you know, people just suffer through the summer and winter months. And they have the technology. If you go down to Okinawa or up to Hokkaido... They have insulated houses and central heat and air, so it's not like Japan's sitting there going, what is this magical thing of which oh. you speak? And then they have the, these these crazy things, like they have all these like weird pieces of technology, like these little gadgets and devices that are to make you more comfortable in the summer and winter, when all they really need to do is just make their houses insulated and install central heat and air. Like, 
heated floors. It's like, oh, if you're if you're too cold in the winter, then you should install heated floors in your house. It's amazing this technology that heats all of the floors in the house. It's like, yeah, so my feet will be warm, but the room <laughs> will still be cold. Yeah. And then you know the whole concept of a koltatsu, which is the uh, the the heated table that has the blankets over it. Like it's a cool little device, and I love my koltatsu, but. I would really, really rather have the whole room be warm, you know, yeah. my whole house be warm. We the, a- first, the first time I, I moved to Japan, it was actually in 2009, and I was studying abroad. Whoa, and, look at you. Oh, snap. And 2009, the iPhone 3GS had just come out to kind of paint the picture of where we are, were in the world with smartphones. And I moved to Japan, and all of my friends were like, do you have, like, the iPhone 10 with, like, you know, does your phone do a million things? I was still using a flip phone. No one had the iPhone over there. None of my friends had the iPhone. And I was just kind of like, I'm dream shattered. <laughs> Japan yeah. is not what I expected it to be. The, the chat had a couple questions. They asked me what the first oldest country in the world was. And the, and the country with the largest population of people older than 65 is Monaco with uh, 28.7%. But even though Japan is 24.8%, the next country is Germany, and it's a significant drop from that. It's only tw- Germany's population is only twenty percent over sixty-five. So, I Japan, see. Yeah, and then the other question was: Do the from Massive Banana Lodge? Do the toilets have butt cleaners? Yeah, sometimes they do. Yeah, they have bidets and, bidets and, and butt and butt squirters. Yep, a little guy, a, a little a little like robot comes out and you know takes care of you. Just and of course, kidding. heated seats because God forbid the room you're in. Act- Actually, be at a decent temperature, so at least your ass will be warm. So, so, so in the winter, so in the winter, like dozens of little kids come over and they're all huddled around your toilet, warming their hands on your on your toilet seat. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. All right. Let's move on. Let's see. I kind of talking about houses and stuff. One of the things I get either one of two questions, and they kind of go with houses. One of them is, was how small was your apartment, or was your apartment super small, or what was it like living in a shoebox? Were, were you were you living in a capsule? Was, and, it, was it like a coffin? And normally my response is actually where I was living was bigger than where I live now, and I paid less for it. So, so there. So there, which kind of ties into the the conception that everyone has that Japan is this really expensive country to live in, and. Yes, it is more. It's an island nation, which means everything has to be imported, which does mean that many things are more expensive. It also means that for Westerners, who I think spread a lot of this kind of word, Westerners go over there and they're looking for something that they're familiar with, like cheese or something. And it's super expensive because they're not buying like a Japanese person's buying. But I think people just have this conception. They see Tokyo in the top three always, if not the top number one of the most expensive cities in the world. And they're just thinking Tokyo is Japan. And really, you can survive over there on a very modest income. Is it like London, Moscow? New York's up there. Uh, San Francisco is higher than New York. Oh, isn't Dubai? Isn't Dubai high up there? I'm not really sure. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll Google it. I'll find out. But I think the bottom line of that question was that you can live in a big place in Japan and not pay much for it if you're not in the city. Yeah. If you are in the city, then yes. If you're in the city, expect to to pay city prices like every other country on earth. My first apartment in Japan wasn't all that small either. And I lived, I actually have experienced three different living situations. The first week or two I was here, I was in a weekly mansion that was basically just one open room and like a kitchenette. Wait, wait, hold on, Cram. 
We have to yes. clarify. Mansion in Japanese language means an apartment. Yes. Yes. A mansion is, is just was, an apartment that you can. I was confused like that by that the first time I went to Japan. And then and that one wasn't too bad. It was right next to the train station and it was just like one open room. And I, I don't know. It wasn't for one person. And I was with my wife, of course, but. For one person, that wouldn't be a terribly uncomfortable place to live, I think. Uh, uh, and then we moved into our first real apartment, and it was with a company called Leo Palace. And uh, we had two floors. Like the, the hall was kind of narrow, but walking down the hall, you would go into the living room, and it had like a little kitchen area in there. Uh, there was a little wash washroom corner. And then on the second floor, we had two whole rooms, one of which was our bedroom, and the other one was just storage. We had quite a bit of space. Now, it was pricey. It was like a around $800 US a month about that after the conversion. Um, but, you know, of course, like you said, if it's in Tokyo, chances that it's going to be smaller and more expensive are a lot higher. But, you know, even though the the cost of living in Japan is higher, the wealth uh, distribution and the, the, the wealth disparity is not so terrible. There, there are not a lot of like super poor people in Japan. There's not yeah. a whole lot yeah. of poverty here. And, you know, there um, aren't, once you get out of the cities, of course, there aren't really a lot of super rich people either. Everyone seems, and or if they are, they don't show it like they do in the States. By the way, Tokyo, Japan is number seven on Forbes 2014 most expensive cities in the right, world. All right, what's number one? Six is Geneva, Switzerland. I have to click through to get back. Uh, Zurich, Switzerland, Singapore, Hong Kong, Nijimit. Uh, Someplace in Chad. Chad, sorry, I can't. And... Luanda, Angola. Random. Okay. Anyway, so Cram, uh, what's your next misconception you that, that you often hear? Let's see. Um, well, the, I, I'm I'm often asked if Japanese can speak English, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, the way it is today, all Japanese people learn English from it's now compulsory in uh in fifth and sixth grade so they have to start in some kind of english class by fifth grade uh and they learn english all the way through high school and i think there's even english classes in college like that you have to take like required english courses uh but whether or not japanese people can speak english well in general i would say whether or not they can most of them don't really want to um they're, they're kind of shy like culturally many japanese are very very shy uh they keep to themselves a lot so the idea of speaking to some speaking to a stranger in the first place is kind of uh an uncomfortable proposition but then speaking to a stranger in a language that's not your native tongue is you know, even worse <laughs> so, so i would say that yes of course i've met many many japanese people who speak wonderful english and have a have a, a you know near perfect command of the english language i've met i've met a few japanese people who have never left this country and sound like an american or sound like a, a european speaking native level english just because they're that adept at it my least favorite thing though is when i would meet japanese people and i would be struggling with my Japanese and I'm thinking of I'm thinking of a dentist actually that I had over there I would be struggling with my Japanese and then I couldn't think of a word I'd be trying to think of it and I'd be looking it up and they'd be like do you mean you know do you mean Polish and I was just like you speak English and then he's like oh I've studied a little and I'm just yeah. like I hate you that happens you. a lot. You know, that happens a lot. You'll be in a conversation with someone and they'll just 
start speaking English and you're like, oh, wow, you speak English. Okay, well, we can do that. I never engage someone in English if they're Japanese. I always engage in Japanese with the expectation that it's going to be a Japanese conversation or a, a Japanese exchange. If someone approaches me and starts speaking English, then I speak English with them because it's it's like it's at their request. I do know some foreigners that are very indignant about their Japanese ability. And if someone walks up to them and begins speaking English to them, they refuse to speak English and will only speak Japanese to the Japanese person because they're trying to show off or something. I don't do that. I think that's what kind a, of a dick thing to do. A bunch of jerks. I think, so. I think the only time that you do that is if if you really know that they're English, that they're only speaking in English to try to make you feel better, but it's really weak. Because I have had the conversations where someone's been trying to speak to me in English, and my Japanese is not nearly as good as yours, Cram, as we all know. But even with my level of Japanese, I've had the person who's struggling to speak to me in English, and I'm just like, this conversation will go faster if we just do it in Japanese. I know my Japanese is rough, but... It's less rough than your English. And then they'll be being the stubborn ones where, yeah, anyway. Yeah, But, but. Um, I guess to answer the question, do Japanese people speak English well? Yes and no. Like everything, it's kind of a, it's, it's not black and white. It's a sliding scale. And some people don't speak Jap or don't speak English at all. And other people speak English pretty well. So it just, you know, it depends. My next one here is pretty easy. So I've had people say to me, I'll be talking about Japan, and basically in the course of the conversation, you discover that they think that Japan and China and Korea are all the same country. Yep. Pretty much. That's a lot of people. They just don't realize, you know, they'll, they'll ask you a question about some food that's obviously Chinese, but they think it's they refer to it as Japanese, or they're talking about like a word that's not even close to a Japanese word and you know that it's a Chinese word or, or they'll have you assume that if you speak some Japanese they'll just put any Asian language in front of you yeah. and be like what does it say and I'm just like that's that's Korean I don't if I put French in front of you and say what does it say they're romance languages right you can read that yeah, I honestly feel pretty offended by those people when they when they say things like that, and I usually correct them because it's, I'm so flabbergasted. But then I remember the polls in America that prove that people that are full-grown adults can't f- don't know where Canada is on a map. I I'm had, like, what is wrong with you? I had a guy ask me once, and I don't know if I've told you this, Cram, but after I was getting back, I was talking to someone, and, you know, it, it always starts a conversation when finding an apartment and they're like oh where were you and I was like where were you last and I was like oh I was in Japan actually and it starts a conversation and that's fun and that's fine but I had this guy in this renter's office and he looked at me and he's like oh so do you speak Japanese and I was like yeah I speak a little bit of Japanese and he was and he said oh so does that mean you can understand what those girls are saying in the nail salons (laughs) and I was just like you So many words that I don't want to say on this podcast went through my head because I was just like, one, okay, that's insulting to people who work in nail salons that they're just going to assume that they're always Asian. Two, it's the all Asians are the same. Three, it's the, I don't, I don't, I'm going to let it go. But I have had that question before and it was, it was something that made me want to punch somebody in the face. So for the sake of getting through some some more of these that I'm sure will be very entertaining, we should move on. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um, uh, one of the 
more common misconceptions. People don't really ask about this. They just take it at face value. But what Americans, especially at least my experience in America, what Americans know as hibachi is not hibachi. Hibachi, a hibachi grill. Actually, there's no such thing as a hibachi grill. A hibachi yeah. is is a bowl that's used for storing hot coals. That's all it's for. Now, someone might have a hibachi. It's also a heating device, so people would use it and sit around it, kind of like a you know a fire, because it's made of like earthenware and it it warms up. It's a nice conductor of heat, so it it gives off the heat of the coals that it has inside. So it's it's also used as a heating device. What people think of when they think of like a hibachi grill, like a flat you know, iron uh, stove that they cook food on and stuff and do crazy tricks and, you know, all that kind of junk. That's actually a teppan. And that's... Teppanyaki? Yeah, it's often used for a, a dish in Japan called teppanyaki. Uh, and then the other thing that some people call a hibachi is like the long row of... Uh, it's like this long box that you keep hot coals in and then you put grates on top of it and it's and what you, you cook... It. Yeah, you grill stuff on top of it. That's actually a shichirin. So, um, <laughs> so in other words, generally speaking, no one's right over here. <laughs> right. No, no one's right. If you go to in America, if you go to a hibachi restaurant and you see those big like iron grills that the chef stands behind and you know throws shrimp at you and whatnot, that's actually a teppan. So don't get that confused. Hibachi is a totally different thing that really has almost nothing to do with cooking. So. When you when you said a hot box that you put hot coals in and they cover it, all I thought of was the onsen. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's exactly what it, that's exactly what a song. You really is. miss that, you know. You know the problem with with living in a foreign country uh, for any duration in your life is that you will always be homesick for somewhere. Yep, that's that's what I'm constantly discovering. Is there's always those moments where I'm like, I want to go home, Japan home, going, not here home. Going to the bathhouse is something I would do every weekend. No shit. But, you know, you can't go to one here in America unless you want to get assault, sexually assaulted or something. <laughs> that's that's straight up what people say about, about them in America. Mm. Anyway, so um, you guys, I'm all out, but I can still sit here and make wise-ass comments about your comments. So. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just finish my list because there's one that I want to get to that Cram has on his list that I totally forgot. But I get this from women a lot who just kind of think that all Japanese girls dress like Harajuku girls. Like, that's just what you wear every day, everywhere. Right. Um, or it's either dress like that or dress like little girls. And yeah, okay, I can see the little girl comment a little easier because I understand the kawaii fashion doesn't really translate that well and and who wears it and why. But... I get that a lot with Japanese fashion that and it's you know it it makes sense in the the extremes translate over before you know the average does but yeah right on um one that kind of goes back to the the concept that all Asian countries are the same country mm -hmm. uh is some people think that Japanese is really similar to other Asian languages they have yeah. this this idea in their head when it's really not it's nope. not like it's not really like any other Asian language. Well, the closest you can get, and I've told people this, the closest you can get is, is Chinese in the sense of because kanji came from Chinese, you can take a sentence and you can maybe get general meaning from it. You can't get well, pronunciation. They, 
Right, because they understand the 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 meaning of the kanji. Uh, if right. if the meaning has not changed in coming over to Japan, because they do use the written the written word. But as far as like communication goes, the closest you can get is maybe Korean, because Korean has the same grammatical structure. But it's not even close in the way that like Portuguese and Spanish is close. Like Portuguese and and Spanish speakers, as I understand it, can more or less communicate one, with one another, even though they're speaking technically different languages because they're so similar. But uh, Japanese and Korean cannot do that. It's 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 not that close when spoken. Um, so the reality of it is, is that all Asian languages are actually very very different uh, from from Japanese. Uh, and the fact that Japanese not only borrows uh, just the characters from China, Chinese, but it also has two other written languages, the syllabaries katakana and hiragana. You know that that kind of complicates the whole thing so uh, I don't know the Asian I feel like there's a very just, big wall of entry for, for that. All of the Asian language are just really different from they each are, other yeah. I mean Hongul Korean is a syllabic you know language with no kind of kanji you know pictographic sound it words used, used to be it because they just be. yeah they just standardized it like 10 years ago or something like that yeah really recently i think it was a little more than 10 i think it might be closer to 50 maybe i'm wrong but either way okay. yes it, it it's a within the last century at least um but korean is that you know japanese as you said syllabaries and the chinese characters that came over chinese is a tonal language so they're yeah they and Vietnamese. I don't know much about that language, but when Vietnamese I hear it spoken, is tonal also. Is it tonal also? Yeah. I imagine if anything, it's got to be close to Cantonese. But I'm, I don't know if that's my guess. If anything, anyway. Yeah, I'm. I'm not even going to attempt to learn Chinese. I've already decided that's that's way out of my uh, abilities. <laughs> Chinese is scary. I admire yeah. people who can speak Chinese. One of the ones on your list, Cram, that I want to steal is or or discuss with you. Steal sure. might be too strong. Is the are are the Japanese sore about World War II? I've gotten that a lot also since being home. Like, the, did you ever have problems being an American over there because of World War II? And to me, that's just kind of like I I just want to you know ask people like, did you ever have problems going to England because of the whole Revolutionary War thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you ever get harsh feelings because of that? And I know World War II was a lot more recent, yes, but it still kind of resonates the same with me where I'm just like, no, no, not really. I think the people that were around during the you know, events in World War II that make Japanese people upset, they're either extremely old or because when, because when, when was the atomic bomb dropped on, on Hiroshima? Was it the 50s? What? No, that was 40. It was uh, uh, 45. 45. So that's 70 years ago. So to be old enough to, I guess you, I guess at any age you, you, you would remember it, but. Well, let's I mean, say 10 and up probably. I mean, so, so, you, so you'd have to be like at least 80 or so. Yeah. So, I mean, there are a lot of those people aren't around anymore. And I think that the youth of Japan are so inundated with Western culture that they don't really have I feel like I feel like the younger generations don't really have sore feelings about the West well I know I know I've said this on the show before but I heard a Hibakusha talk a, an A-bomb survivor and she even she even said in her talk she was like I don't blame you to because it was a, a group of foreign college students and she was like I don't blame you because you didn't have anything to do with the events you know that led to the bomb being dropped or whatever 
And of course she said, you know, some people do. And yes, some people do, but it's not prevalent, especially, especially when you get into any generation other than the extreme end of elderly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I've never seen it. Um, the only Trillianus from the chat says that his dad insists that World War II was a huge influence on Japan's thoughts and ideas. Your dad's right. Yes. I mean, the United States came in and we wrote Japan's constitution. And they haven't really changed it. Bad Japanese and all. In fact, in fact, certain aspects of the Japanese constitution have been up for debate for being changed recently. And most people in Japan are resisting that change heavily. For example, developing its own military. People in Japan, a lot of people don't want that. They don't want to. They don't want to see people sent off to fight and be killed. And have you heard anything about that, Cram? I mean, I've been keeping up with the articles. Yeah, a over little bit. Here, Abe Abe wants a standing military, um, and people are resisting that. And I think maybe for good reason. You know, Japan has lived in peace. You know, since the end of World War II, so you know, I, I can understand how people are like, we seem to be doing okay without a military. So why would we try to upset that with a with an offensive force? Um, I kind of get that, but uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not terribly involved in like Japanese politics. Uh, I just I hear about things from time to time. You have one more cram. Do you want to? I do. Um, this is this is kind of weird, but um, of course. People, I mean, I would think this if I didn't know better. But uh, you, you, you just assume that all sumo wrestlers are Japanese, right? Uh, I, I think that's think. something that a lot of people would just assume, uh, especially ones that are practicing, you know, their sport in Japan. Um, when the truth of the matter is, is that many, 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 many sumo wrestlers are not, in fact, native Japanese people. Uh, actually, there hasn't been a uh, Yokozuna is the current top uh, sumo wrestler in in all of Japan. Uh, I think maybe all of the world is how it's supposed to work. But there hasn't been a native Japanese uh, Yokozuna in like 14 years or something like that. It's actually a topic of debate if they should only allow sumo wrestlers to be native Japanese. Yeah, some of the old diehards think that that it should be a, a sport by Japanese for Japanese. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. Um uh, the last four Yokozuna have been from Mongolia. The one before that was actually from the United States, uh, from Hawaii. But when, you know, when they adopt uh, sumo wrestling, it's actually a, very much a lifestyle. They live with the other sumo wrestlers. They're not allowed to wear Western-style clothing in public ever. When they go out, they're all, they are always required to wear yukata and geta and you know, the, the clothing of, of traditional sumo wrestlers. Um, and they have to adopt a Japanese name and they have to live a Japanese lifestyle. That's something that is required of them as athletes, uh, in, in sumo wrestling. So that's, that's really interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of strange that we haven't had a native born Yokozuna in like 14 years. Some questions in the chat to kind of round us out. Yeah. Some of these are pretty in depth for the five minutes we have left. Oh yeah. (laughs) We had, what is the male to female ratio in Japan? I already answered that. It's almost one to one. And... Is Abe's fiscal policy a failure or is it viable in the long term? That's probably one we don't have that time to, to be seen. write about or talk about, but people, there's a lot written. People will argue about the viability of any financial plan until they're blue in the face and, and you know shouting at each other in Congress. And the only way you'll know if a plan is successful is after it's been implemented and you see what the results are. Yep. Is the senpai culture as ridiculous as it is depicted in anime? Like, do all underclassmen worship seniors, etc.? I think no. that's... I don't really know. 
I would say no. I mean, you you got to I mean you've got to realize that when you're watching anime and you're watching a, a fictional narrative, it's a heightened reality. It's a heightened version of of what is you or know what you see in reality. Version. Fantasized version, all of that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I mean I I worked in a high school. I work I currently work in an elementary school. And in a high school, the whole senpai culture, if you can call it that, yes, they call upperclassmen senpai unless they're very, very good friends with them, which also happens. If you've ever had a, a friend that was an upperclassman when you weren't, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Um, but yeah, of course, there are crushes and things. And, you know, if you like an older boy or your girl and, you know, you like, you know, if you're a guy and you like an older girl or whatever the case is, um, I don't know that it's as, as serious and silly and like based on these strict, rigid rules or whatever, like a, like a, a like a senpai bureaucracy. Is that, <laughs> is that right? It's not like that at all. Um, when I was when I was in college over there, when I was at Kansai Gaidai, I was of course I was in the foreign program, so it was still a bit removed. But of the Japanese friends that I had and and in the cafeteria and interacting with them and things like that. I didn't get that feeling of senpai col culture at the collegiate level. Uh, kind of as you were saying, Cram, it is kind of, it's respected. Like the you're an upperclassman and you know more than me, therefore. But it's not like the you're my senpai and oh, or anything like that. I want senpai to notice me. No, not, not, <laughs> not, not quite like that. But. I have seen kids, kids always walk to school in Japan, that they go to the schools that are nearby their homes, and there's lots of them, so they don't have to walk all that far, and I have seen, while commuting back and forth to different schools, there's you always see large groups of kids walking on the sidewalks going to school, and in a lot of instances, I've seen older kids, like the sixth graders, leading the group of the younger kids. There was even one kid that I will, I will always remember him because of what a troublemaker he was. And he would he would walk backwards the entire way to school just so he could like watch the little kids and I guess and make sure they were okay or maybe he was just shouting barking orders at them I don't know but either way he was he was he was exhibiting some kind of leadership over the over the younger groups so I don't know that that's I can't apply that to all of Japan but I have seen one example of that so. All right. Well, as always, if you have any other questions about Japan, you can get in touch with us on our forums or on our mailbag. So never hesitate to shoot us any of your questions about Japan and we'll answer them either again, forums or on the show. So we're going to take another news break. And during the news break, we'll have a poll of what we talked about tonight. What surprises you most about Japan? That it isn't a anime fantasy land that they don't eat fish and miso for every meal, every day, that there are places you can live that are larger than a one-room apartment, that China, Korea, and Japan are not all the same country. Oh, God. And that Japan isn't sore about World War II. So I, I guess maybe we should change the last one to none of these surprise me, maybe. Sure. Let, someone, let people be knowledgeable. All right, stay tuned. Hail you anime addicts, this is Chiaki, and this is your anime news break. First up, for those of you who are fans of harems, or may just have a special part in your heart for the classic harem Tenshi Muyo, there is a new Tenshi Muyo coming out, 
And the official website for I Tenchi Muyo has recently updated with five new character designs that reintroduce classic characters from the franchise. These returning characters include my personal favorite, Ryoko, Aika, Sasami, Washu, and Nihoshi, and their new designs are very cute. They also included a key visual of Ryoko and Ayaka. The story is apparently Tenshi is a teacher at an all-girls school, and Washu is stirring up trouble that he has to, you know, sort out, save the world, blah blah blah. But of course, being surrounded by a bunch of beautiful women leads to its own set of problems. In other news, for those of you who are itching to see the film *The Tale of Princess Kaguya*. Film distributor G-Kids has recently announced that the U.S. premiere will be at Texas Fantastic Film Fest from September 18th to the 25th at the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema in Austin, Texas. The North American premiere will be held at the Toronto International Film Festival on Monday, September 8th. So just a week before will be the North American premiere and then we'll get our own American premiere. Now, for those of you who live in Texas, I am jealous that you will get to see this premiere, but it is a very worthwhile film to get out and go see. In other news, Funimation Entertainment has recently announced that it will be simulcasting One Piece 3D2I Ace no Shi wo Koete Luffy Nakama no Chikai, or One Piece 3D2I Overcome Ace's Death, The Oath with Lucy's Crewmates. Really, these titles just are getting out of hand. Now, if you're listening live, the second we finish, you can go online and watch the streaming, as will be it'll start at midnight on sa- Sunday, August 31st, so Saturday night. If you're listening pre-recorded, I'm sorry you might have missed it, but knowing Funimation, they'll have a full release sooner rather than later. And finally, in a piece of news that isn't explicitly anime, but definitely affects anime fans' lots of other loves, the San Diego Comic-Con may be moving. Apparently, the San Diego Convention Center is dropping expansion plans that kept Comic-Con holding out these past years. They have a contract that says they'll be in San Diego until 2015, but now that it sounds like the city is dropping its plans to expand the convention, the future is uncertain. They've been getting by with using ballrooms in hotels around the city and expanding outside of the convention center itself, but it sounds like they may not want to do that anymore. So the future, if it's San Diego or maybe somewhere else Comic-Con, is up in the air. This was Chiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. Cram, is that a, a Pikachu wearing a Totoro costume and a Totoro wearing a Pikachu costume? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you like it? Like it? It's like the best shirt I've ever seen. Where did you get it? Anime convention? Oh, wait, no. Cool store by your house in Japan, right? Uh, actually, I ordered it online. Really? Where? One of those custom t-shirt shops? No, JList.com has them. JList has a bunch of cool t-shirts, hoodies, and even modern and traditional Japanese fashion like kimono. So it's everything from anime to just Japan. Look, I got this kill a kill long sleeve for winter. <laughs> Cram, that's so you. Cram, they even have cosplay on here. You bet. School uniforms, socks, even the school-style swimsuits you see in anime. J-List even sells magazines. I bet you'd like some of their cosplay and fashion magazines sent to your door. You know me so well, Cram. 
it's been hard enough keeping up with the Japanese fashion back here in the States. Well, you can buy one issue of some magazines. Others, they have a subscription service to get the most current issue each month. Well, if you'll excuse me, I think I need to spend some time on J-Lists now. Shop away. And we're back to the 242nd... Second... Wow. Second? Second episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. What was the answer to our poll, Mitsugi? Did we surprise anybody? Not really. So 40% of people said nothing that we listed surprised them. But 20% of people said that they are surprised that there are places you can live that are larger than a one-room apartment. And uh, 17% of people said they were surprised that either they don't eat fish and miso for every meal during the day or that China, Japan, and Korea aren't the same country. Shame on you. I think someone might have been trolling with that response. 17% gonna, were trolling. I'm going to take a guess that, that there are some trolls out there. But mostly people were not that surprised, which is good. Yeah, that's good. They probably heard us talk about this before. We gained so. like seven more viewers while we were in the news break. Did we really? Cheers to you viewers. Just in time for a review of an anime. Do you have some really chill music for this, Mitsugi? You know what? I really don't have any chill music. You don't have, like, the opening or anything I that don't. you can... Oh, that's a bummer. I'm really sorry. Anyways. I'm sure I could find it, but that's not readily available to me. Well, I could start talking about it. So, all right, we're going to be reviewing mu- Mushishi... Zokusho. Zokusho, or the second season of Mushishi. Yeah. And... Or Sleepy Time, the anime. <laughs> otherwise actually... known as. So... As everyone knows, I power watch my anime. I'm really bad about watching week to week. Mitsuki's actually really good at that. I'm a, I'm a baller at that. Cram, I think, does that for shows he likes and shows he doesn't like. He pretends they don't what, exist why don't you until they do. Cr- why don't you let Cram answer right. that? <laughs> She's right, though. I, if I really like the show, I'll watch it week to week. If I don't, I'll have to force myself to stomach a lot of it at the same time. Yeah. I, I like to power watch, though. I am normally too impatient. Or I have to really love a show to watch it week to week. and I'll suffer through it no matter how bad it is. <laughs> and so I power watch Mushishi today. And I get to the fourth, end of the fourth episode, start of the fifth episode. And I'm just like, oh my god. I have to take a nap. <laughs> so <laughs> I literally, uh, in the middle of power watching the show, I've never done this before. I went and I just sprawled out and I took a nap for like an hour and then I woke up and I finished the show. Isn't it hard to get started again once you've been sleeping for an hour? No, it's just like it's like the anime just soothes you and it's like, okay we're gonna have sleepy time and then it's the perfect thing to wake up to because it's so mellow. Mushishi has has always been the epitome of what what many people call Iyashikike, which is something, it's usually a piece of music or a movie or some some form of an entertainment that is uh therapeutic in some way or, or calming and soothing okay well i agree i think that that is definitely that and if you can't sleep at night maybe you're an insomniac you're wandering the streets at night looking for like a cure to your insomnia and there's like you know no hope for you just put on some mushishi when you're in bed and you'll be you'll be out like a light yeah it really and you know the weird thing is is everyone might be thinking Okay, Chiaki, so you're telling us the show is boring. No, that's actually not what I'm telling you. It just has this weird 
I mean, you said I I forgot already the the Yashiki K. Yashiki K. It just has that quality to it that's just calming and soothing and it's good and it's interesting and and every story has its its strengths and some more than others but this anime just it just made me want to go to sleep. Anyway, it put me in my peaceful place. So Mushishi is the story of um it's a short story. What's the guy's name? <laughs> Ginko. Ginko. It's the story <laughs> of the of Ginko who is a he is a mushishi, which is a person that can see mushi, which are the lifeblood of nature. They exist in everything. They're in water. They're in the wind. They're in the in the forests. They're in the. They're like the spirits of of, of life and nature. And he can see them. They're like microorganisms. They appear as microorganisms or fungus or whatever they are. And sometimes. So I interpreted the mushi oh, to okay. be spirits. Okay, why don't you just go ahead and take that over? I was I was gonna say what you interpreted no, go ahead. them as. That's cool. I okay. So wait, you can interrupt no, me. No, I'm, and I'm not upset. Discussion. I'm telling you to go. Okay. Jesus. You sounded a little sassy. I don't want sassy Mitsugi. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I interpreted the Mushi to be spirits because there was that episode where one of the Mushi was uh, Kodama, and I started to they they start off in the show by being like you know the. The mushi are neither fungi nor bacteria nor plant nor animal. So my interpretation of the mushi is that they're spirits. I don't know what you see in them. Well, I, I they're they're exactly how you describe them. And when they interact with people, they often cause health problems for people or either either physical or spiritual. And so Ginko will go around and he just studies Mushi and oftentimes helps people find cures to their problems that are Mushi Mushi related. So the staff from Mushishi is very similar to the staff that did the first show. So the director Hiroshi Nagahama also worked on the first Mushishi and the the writer and the in the animation studio. I think the I think the animation studio is the same. It's done by Artland, our animation studio Artland, which has done actually quite a lot of quite a lot of works. Really, I haven't. I don't know if I've heard of this studio. You would be surprised, but they have done a lot of stuff, huh. including the other Mushishi. Oh, shocker! So a lot of the staffs the same, and in doing and in the staff being similar, they have managed to maintain the same sort of vibe and quality of writing and directing that the first anime series had. So for those of you that are fans of the first Mushishi anime, you can expect the second one, this anime that we're reviewing, to not disappoint you a whole lot. Have you seen the first one, Mitsugi? I haven't. I've seen parts I haven't of it. Either. I've seen a few episodes of it. I haven't seen any of it. Not even one episode. Not even one episode. I've seen I've seen a good chunk of the first season. I That's didn't because feel your like wife loves this anime, Cram. She she does. It's the per. It's it is the perfect anime to fall asleep to. It really is. I really mm-hmm. kind of wish that I had had truly believed her when she said that, because I would have watched it before bed, like every night. I think it's that would be perfect. That. I never would have made it through an episode. <laughs> that might be true. But it, it it's good. It's good for that also because Mush- Mushishi is a very is is the epitome of an episodic anime. They the the episodes have no connection to the, to each other whatsoever, aside from the fact that Ginko is in every episode. 
But within the individual episodes where Ginkgo exists, I feel like he's often and usually not the main character of the episode. No, he's not. And that surprised me. I don't know if I assume that's how it is in the first Mushishi, but I kept expecting to learn of Ginkgo's, you know, some quest he was on or something he was looking for or some purpose he had. And to the best of my knowledge of the series, he didn't have one. It was just... You know what? It it reminded me of like an anthology, a collection of short stories that just all have this kind of recurring theme of, you know, this this element of supernatural, the Mushi. I'm sure that somewhere there is a a encyclopedia of Mushi that have appeared in this anime. So although I don't think it'd be all that long. And and what you know what show it reminds me of what normally I think episodic is bad. But in this show, it almost reminded me of Aoi Bungaku. And I know you didn't watch that one. but No, for, but I know what it is. For people who did, it's not exactly the same because Aoi Bungaku was split into four arcs. So it wasn't truly episodic. But each episode you can take out of the show and it's almost this perfectly self-contained little short story that you're you're satisfied by the end of it. It's not episodic in the sense of you feel... The pointless episodic is like the the characters are doing nothing and they're going nowhere and nothing happens. Where this is almost the opposite. Each episode is a full arc. It has a beginning, a middle, a climax, a resolution, an end. And each episode has its cast of characters and its own problem set. And in each episode, there's, as I said, a resolution. So there's it's episodic in a really surprisingly satisfying way that I wasn't expecting. All right, so why don't you just break into one to an episode that you enjoyed? All right. One of the episodes that I particularly enjoyed was an episode about a a fisherman and his daughter and he the backstory basically is, and and there's going to be a little bit of spoilers, I think, as we discuss the ep- each episode. I don't think you can really spoil but this anime. That's the thing because there's it's no, entirely episodic. There's barely a plot. That there's no there's no through plot no. at all. So basically, all you're going to do is spoil the events of some of the episodes. In which case, you know, it's not the end of the world. So in this episode, it was a fisherman and his daughter, and they're kind of estranged from their local village, and. Ginko comes into the town and and he finds out that there's this weird thing going on with with the sea and the shells and he warns the villagers of it and you find out that the plot surrounding this fisherman and his daughter is that his fisherman's the fisherman's wife was a diver who dived for clamshells and oysters and things like that and she was eaten by a shark or she killed was killed by a shark. I don't know if she was actually consumed. She was killed full. by a sharknado. <laughs> Not quite a sharknado. That would be way too exciting for Mushishi. But and and the story was about ultimately about him coming back to the village and him not only forgiving the villagers and and the events surrounding his wife's death, but himself. Because he kind of had that blame of, I should have been there. I should have done something. And he kind of learned to accept that there are times that you can't do anything. That it's no one's fault. It just is. And I really liked that. I also like the episode that you were mentioning before the show was your favorite, Mitsugi. Yeah, the one about the mirror? The one with the mirror, yeah. 
So a later episode in the show is about a woman who's in love with a man who comes and he he's like a mirror polisher, I think. That's that's worth mentioning. All of the Mushishi, the Mushishi universe is kind of old Japan. Very old. Um, yeah, it's not it's not at all set in current modern day. Yeah, you can almost think of it as the feudal period. Yeah, I was gonna say think yukata kimono kind of standard, no a, technology. It's a little bit newer than maybe the feudal period, but not yeah. but not by a lot. And maybe it, maybe just before the Meiji. Yeah, maybe. So there's a there's a a mirror polisher, I guess, is what his job is. He sells mirrors, I guess. Let's go with it. And he gives a mirror to this girl, and she's in love with him. But I think the story is that he realizes that he that there are broader horizons elsewhere, and so he goes and he leaves, and so she's heartbroken by it, right? And she gets afflicted with with the Mushi who that comes out of this water, like this lake, this this small body of water, and it follows her around, and it's able to it feeds on the sorrow of the of the of the person, and gradually takes the shape of the person who. You know, it's following around. It's like a doppelganger. Yeah. And so, if you're if you're unable to shake off what is what is affecting you, I guess, eventually the Mushi will gather enough strength from your negative energy that it will you will get very weak because of it, and it will basically be able to materialize into your own shape and eventually replace you in in the world, which is kind of scary if you think about it, and. what you need to do in order to get rid of it is to show it its own reflection, which is kind of interesting. And in the course of the episode, the girl has to overcome her sorrow of losing of losing this guy. And it's interesting because she has to sort of move on in the episode. And I thought it, the episode felt like it was more emotionally charged than some of the other episodes in the anime to me. And that's why I liked it so much because in order to in order to fend off this mushi that was going to replace her she has to be willing to give up the, her love for this guy and move on and i thought that was that was like a powerful sentiment i think one of the things that resonate resonated with me about that episode was that it really kind of addressed suicide because it at the at the start of the episode she was basically she all but said quite literally it, you know, it can take my place. I don't want to exist anymore. If it wants to be me, fine. It can be me. And Ginkgo is like, you know, you might feel lonely, but you can feel in the place that these Mushi come from. There's no consciousness. There's no feeling. It's 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 a loneliness that's so extreme that it's beyond loneliness. And, and so it kind of had that, you know, touch on suicide and things like that. I really liked... And it's a little bit less serious than the other ones. But I thought the episode with the best twist was the episode after that or two episodes after that with the Kodama. With the the tree spirit that the family was bringing up for many, many, many generations. I can't remember that one. Maybe I fell asleep. Oh, it's the one where the guy had the big axe. Maybe I fell asleep. Anyways, that one was probably the most exciting in the series because it had the biggest twist to it where you were just like, what? And I don't even want to ruin it. I know it's episodic, but I don't want to ruin it for that episode. Is that the episode where the guy's whistles and he's able to draw the mushi from the ocean or whatever? No, no. This is the one with the, the cherry trees, the oh, sakura. Yeah. yeah. See, the, the, this, is a, this is a good series. I mean, it's very even keel and the quality of the anime is very consistent throughout the whole length of it. 
But one of the problems with Mushishi Izoku Show, in my opinion, is that I wasn't interested in all the episodes. And because it's, because the anime is so episodic, if I'm watching an episode where the story just doesn't interest me, and I know that I'm not going to be quote-unquote penalized by not paying 100% attention to the episode, then it makes it really easy to do that. So I would say that out of the 10 episodes that this anime was, I was probably truly engrossed in maybe four episodes, four or five episodes. You know, I and, think... And, a, and then I would say that like two or three of them just didn't interest me at all, and I just didn't don't care. I feel like for the purposes of our show, that can be a criticism, but I almost think that there's something that's that's a little bit good about it for the casual viewer because for someone who's not making a commitment to listeners on the other side of a camera, microphone, earbuds, whatever, they can just skip that episode. You know, if they're watching an episode and it's not resonating with them, they can just move on to the next episode. As I said, it's like, it's like any other sh- collection of short stories. If you're reading through a collection of short stories from an author and one of them just isn't hitting the right notes for you, you just can skip on to the next short story. One of the things that people that I heard people talking about Mushishi before I watched this was how emotionally crippling Mushishi is, how downright depressing and sad it will make you feel while you're watching it. Did you feel did you do you agree with that? Do you feel that way about it? I actually feel the opposite. I feel like Mushishi is a very hopeful show. Okay, people are there's like a lot of the stories have are connected to death in some way. Yeah, but the resolution of every story, it's like the it's like the yes life sucks. Yes, you're going to have hardship. Yes, you're going to have loss. But what life is really about is it's about moving on past that. You you have the episode with the fisherman and his daughter. And the moral of that story was moving on past, you know, the death and becoming a member of society again and continuing to live for what you have. You have the episode with the mirror where at the end of the episode, she said, you know, I don't all the problems that I have. They're me, though. They might be problems, but they're my problems and they make me me. And you can't have them. There's the episode with the lake. There's the episode. Where the child drowns in the lake. Where the child drowns in the lake and her brother gets you know detached so cold and detached from society but even then at the end of that episode it's him coming back it's him saying i'm gonna be a part of this world again that that i'm going to feel quite literally in that episode that i'm gonna feel warmth and love and and compassion from the people around me that yes this horrible sad thing happened but i have to keep going i'm still here And the options are I'm either not here anymore and I give up or I keep going. And and I think, yes, Mushishi isn't a a rosy, happy show of everything's okay and everything's sunshine and rainbows all the time. But I wouldn't call it a depressing show. I'd actually call it kind of a hopeful show because I think most of the episodes resolved with on kind of that note, that bittersweet note of. It's not perfect, but it's what we have, and and we're gonna keep going because of that. Uh, as far as the art goes, I think the art of the show is good. It's only ten episodes long, so maybe they didn't have to spread their budget too thin. I was really impressed with the quality, actually. In the first episode, I it doesn't have any action scenes or super fast movement scenes or anything, but the animation I thought was really smooth and really good looking trying to find the opening song here. I think I found it. 
I mean, this uh, this song here pretty much will tell you the oh, pace, yay. the pace of Mushishi. Just kind of like slow guitar, and 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 I think the music throughout the show is kind of is kind of reminiscent of this song right here. It, I think that the the tone of, of all the music sort of comes in line with this. So, like, there's no there's no anime girl singing. There's no rock music. It's just musical instruments, maybe some guitars. There's no bubblegum crack. Just you know, kind of sleepy time. It's pretty good. Uh, the the art is okay. It's very unique. I think that the characters are. Artland has a unique way of drawing the characters in the anime. I don't know that the actual animation quality, like the smoothness of it, was anything that like blew my blew my face off. But the the pace of the anime is such that mostly people were just walking around and talking, you know. So it isn't like they have to have CG and all this other crap to 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 make the anime function. No, why are you turning it down? Oh, because we're talking. Oh, it's so good though. Um, I, I don't know that I really have any real criticisms criticisms of Mushishi. It, it's other than the fact that it may not interest a lot of people. There are people out there, and there were some people in the chat that said that they won't like this because they want they have to see people killing each other and blowing shit up to enjoy their anime. And you know what? If that's, you know that's you, then more power to you. There's a massive group of people that this anime just won't appeal to. So all those people that watch anime to see the harems, well, well you're not going to like Mushishi. Or if you're one of those people that has to have all the anime tropes and you love anime like witchcraft works where people are falling into each other's breasts and, you know, they're CG bunny rabbits shooting missiles and, you know, you, you might not like Mushishi. Or if you're looking for a bang-up like bubblegum comedy, you might not like Mushishi. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, this is like a fantasy. It's like a, it's, it's like a lazy river at the water park. I will say that this anime was good enough that I want to watch the first now. Well, there's Maybe also... Maybe for bedtime anime. Well, next season, there's more more of this coming out. Is there really? Yeah, another season <gasps> of it. So you have tons of Mushishi to watch. Ah! So the first, the first season of Mushishi, I think, is a full 24 episodes, 26 episodes. And this one, I think I think that's correct. I'll check on that. But And then you have, in the future, you have the other one coming out, so... Yay. The first season of Mushishi was 26 episodes. So all in all, there will be almost 50 episodes of Mushishi to watch when it's all said and done. And, um, yeah, I rather liked this anime. I did, too. I... It was such a nice departure from from all the bubblegum and explosions and tropes and giant breasts making yin-yang signs that I still haven't gotten my own breasts to recreate. So, like, I really appreciated this show, and it was really kind of nice to watch, even though it made me have nap time. Nap time's a good thing. I like nap. Chiaki really likes her nap time. I'm currently polling the chat to see what kind of score they would give this anime, and we'll find out in a minute what they would give it. But it's definitely, and I've said this about a lot of shows that are like this, it's definitely a show where you can watch the first episode and if you like it, if you're just so-so on it, try the second episode or third episode because the story does change and maybe that story didn't resonate with you. But if you didn't like it, then you probably won't like the rest of the series and you can just put it down right away because it doesn't 
change what it is. It's not like one of those shows that the first episode is quiet and then the second episode, you know, Ginkgo pulls out a hatchet and goes crazy. Like Someone in the chat, Ustreamer162005, said, why was there such a long gap between the first season and this season of Mushishi? It's true, there was a very long gap. This, this anime, um, Mushishi, the original one, came out in 2005. This anime came out in 2014. So it's not that often when you have a nine-year gap between seasons. And I don't have the answer. I don't know. I don't know why there's why why there's such a big gap. But given the consistency of the quality, I don't think that it, I don't know that it matters. So it was probably something internal with the company at the time where they either couldn't get the funding or they didn't think the demand was good enough for the show, and so they didn't. Or maybe there was you know an illness or something. It could be anything. All right, so that so uh, what score would you give Mushishi? Are we done with this? I'm. I, there's not much to say just because it's not like there's this giant plot to talk about or anything. The Mushi remind me of the Kodama from Princess Mononoke, kind of fluttering around in the forest. They remind me of of lots of the little creatures that come up in the Ghibli movies. Yeah, like the. It's kind of kind of the same concept, the idea of a yokai and you know Yude and all that good stuff. Yeah. You see the soot sprites and, you know, the, none of the, I think that the, the, that the Mushi look more like, more like magnified particles of virus than, than they do. I think that's what they look like. Soot yeah. sprites, but, um, I think that it's the same, yeah, the same sentiment. So Chucky, are you ready to score this? Well, what would you give this anime? I will give this anime three and a half or sorry four and a half of the bird winds the torikaze mushi okay hey, wow when you when you said three and a half i was like geez she's shooting low no no i i i'm so used to not going above that three threshold that my my mouth is just used to forming the yeah. words no i'm i'm gonna give this a four and a half because I think it fired on all cylinders for what it wanted to achieve, and what it wanted to achieve was good. It really was. Um, I'm going to give it, you know, I, 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 there are episodes of this anime that I would have given a five. There are episodes of this anime I would have given a two. I really loved, I really loved the one with the mirror. I thought that one was, was fantastic. What one did you really hate? I, I honestly didn't care for the, the one at the lake with the boy. I liked I didn't, that one. I didn't like the one that you like with the with the with the Sakura tree. But it has the biggest twist of the but whole show. You sorry. find out. Sorry. I think you fell asleep. I think you would have appreciated the end. Well, you're wrong. And I. Uh, <laughs> that that was a Mike and Mikeism. So you know. Uh, but I. Yeah, yeah. Football season. Thank, thank God. So. I'm gonna give it four. I'm gonna give it a four. I'm gonna give it four cigarettes that Ginko smoked out of five because he smokes a cigarette in every episode. But they're not cigarettes. They're special mushi thingies. Oh, they oh really? Yeah. But they, they look like cigarettes. They cover that in the first episode. He okay. has special. And in the the episode with the whistly thing, he smokes one, and the mushi go away from him. Whatever. He's smoking a cigarette. Okay, fine. So he he's rolling a doobie. Smoking kills kids. It does. <laughs> He's rolling a doobie with some anti-mushi marijuana and stuffing it into that doobie and smoking it. 
All right, so, so, so we're gonna round this up to a four and a half. Yay! I think it's probably a fair score for, for this anime, and I could see a four too. And fifty three percent of the chat said four, four or greater, and twenty four percent said three and a half or three and a half. So only one person out of only one person gave it, and out of out of many many voters gave it below a three. So. And that's fair. I can see how this would not be someone's cup of tea. But even if it isn't your cup of tea, I would hope that you could recognize the fact that it is a very well executed show. I recommend Mushishi to people that are to order or to order adult fans of anime. Yes. I think that this is a very a very mature anime series that is not going to appeal to young teenagers. I think this is one that we can put on the list of anime to show your parents. Yeah, I would think I would say so. I I shouldn't say it won't appeal to young teenagers, but I don't think that's the intended audience for it. I think the intended audience are mature I I, I picture people that like Enjoy reading books and having tea, you know, just, you know, I think of, like, my 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 parents and stuff when I think of this anime, so. My parents might like Mishishi. If you like a nice story-based anime that has some fantasy elements and not a whole lot of craziness, a, a nice low blood pressure anime, then I, I think I recommend Mushishi for you, so I think you will probably enjoy it. Well, you know, you are an old man, so you gotta worry about that blood pressure. Yeah, well... When you get old, that's the kind of thing that happens. Your blood pressure goes up and... Drink that prune juice, Mitsugi. So on the next episode, we actually laid out the, the next five weeks of podcast episodes today. So this podcast will exist for at least five more weeks. So you can rejoice. <laughs> we don't know past five more weeks. We'll play it by ear. Next week, it looks like we're, we're, we're reviewing Ishukon Friends. So that's on the agenda. So... And then we're just going to knock off all the shows that we have left to review before the next round of impressions start. So, All right. Well, this has been the 242nd episode of the Anime Addicts right. Anonymous podcast. We keep it real at aaapodcast.com, iTunes. We do. Don't forget to drop us a rating on iTunes, especially if you like us. Facebook.com forward slash Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Give us the good old thumbs up there and keep up with everything we're doing. Get announcements, get randomness. We're also on Twitter.com forward slash AAA podcast or at AAA podcast. You can also follow Cram at Dusty Cram Cram. Yes. No, forget yes, about please do that. No, don't, don't, don't forget about Cram. You can do that. You, you definitely forget about Cram. You definitely <laughs> want to see the picture of Jeff Goldblum. With the, right. with the butterfly my banner my, my twitter banner is is beautiful i don't think i follow you on my twitter account i that's should just, follow you mr mr cram cram yes please do all right and hearstream.tv where we broadcast live every saturday night at 9 30 p.m eastern standard time and thank you to those of you who joined us on the Ustream. As always, it made the show so much better to have strange, your lovely thoughts. Some strange conversations happening. Like we had some like foreign language conversations going on and Really? I was yeah, distracted. Yeah, there was a French conversation, there was some Italian. I, I typed in some Japanese but nobody answered me, so I gave up on that. I cannot speak French. I cannot even speak a little bit of French. Can't even Neither pretend. Neither can I. My dad can. Anyway, yeah, thanks for watching, everybody that tuned in. <laughs> All right, taking us out tonight is the song Blade Dance from the anime Seire no Sukai no Blade Dance by the artist Knee Socks. And I can almost guarantee it's not as good as Mushishi's music. Probably not. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.